In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm going to tell you a little secret about preaching. There are many things about preaching each week that you might not be aware of. But let me share just one with you today. Sometimes, now not all the time, but sometimes, it is rather difficult to preach on a well-known passage or text. The various reasons, uh, like, first, it might be that the text is so familiar that no matter what you say, the people in the congregation might still hear Mrs. Wortham, who was their Sunday school teacher when they were in the second grade class going over the same lesson. And you can't disagree with Mrs. Wortham. Second is the problem of trying to say something new and fresh, or at least not the same thing over and over again that the congregation has been hearing for the last, oh, 25 years or so. But then the question is, is it really necessary to say something new and revolutionary each time, or is it really just a question of purging the depths of Scripture, looking for that prized pearl? or that hidden treasure in our lectionary text. The Ten Commandments, or as our Jewish friends call them, the Ten Words, are perhaps some of the most fought over, most misunderstood, and not to forget, one of the most familiar sections of the Bible. However, I sometimes wonder, and I just have an interest in this, I sometimes wonder if most Christians actually know the ten words? Can they recite them in order? Or would they know if one commandment was false and made up over and against the true and legitimate ones? But the larger and more looming question is this. Why do these commandments and the other 603 found within the context of the Torah matter today? Or do they? God has called the house of Israel out of slavery, out of bondage in Egypt. To establish them as a nation, God is setting down markers of a just society. The code, what we call the law. This law is part of what makes the people of Israel unique in the ancient world. While there were codes, and even similar codes in the Fertile Crescent during this time, Several of the commandments given to Israel stood out, like worshipping one God, keeping one particular day as a day of sanctified rest. These codes set Israel apart from all the other tribes that inhabited land that they were going to take and to possess. And through that setting apart, God promised that they would be a holy people a sanctified people. Holiness and sanctification and setting apart are all the same concept. Think about this church and some of the furnishings. We have this pulpit, which has been blessed, sanctified, set apart for the proclamation of the Word of God. We have this altar, which has been blessed, sanctified, set apart for the purposes of celebrating the Eucharist. 
We have altar linens, stained glass windows, baptismal fonts, processional crosses, all things that are common and maybe even ordinary, but they have become extraordinary. We don't eat our Friday night meal on the altar, but we do participate in the marriage supper of the Lamb. We don't wash our hair in the baptismal font, but we do, through the sacrament of baptism, wash our sins away. The law was the same. It was to make the people of Israel the holy people of God. The process of living into the law was the very means by which Israel would become whom God wanted them to be. We too have our own callings that we must live into as Christians. And yes, there are codes found in the Hebrew Scriptures and that is part of the fulfillment. But too often I have heard Christians of all stripes say, well, that stuff doesn't apply to us today. All that's in the Old Testament. I beg to differ. Jesus' death on the cross was not some abolishment of the law. Remember, I came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. So Jesus' death was not an abolishment, but a call to us to make living inside of the law work for us. And in many ways, to a code that was even more strict than Moses's. Remember this whole binding and loosing that we've been hearing about throughout this liturgical year. Now, this is where I'm probably going to get accused of preaching politics in the pulpit. But before I do say what I intend to say, please hear this. We 21st century American Christians, we have started living into the idea that as Christians, we can compartmentalize our Christianity into boxes. We can choose times when it is appropriate to live into our Christian identity. But our faith is not a light switch that we can turn on and off on a whim. It is our identity, our way of life. I am a red-headed, right-handed, 40-year-old man. I cannot on a whim become a black-haired, left-handed, 20-year-old just because I choose to. Once we have emerged from the waters of baptism... We are Christ's own forever, which means that our identity has changed. Our thinking changes. Our giving of love changes. This has been a very rough week for our country. From a political debate that exposed the brokenness of our nation and all the vitriol and fighting that happened both within the debate and then after the debate, to the announcement that both our president and first lady have contracted the coronavirus and now even more staff in the White House. 
there is probably going to be a very contentious fight over a Supreme Court nominee. And that appointment is taking place because this nation has lost a Supreme Court justice to death. And, from what I have both seen and observed, and even been a party to, is Christians tearing Christians down, cutting them to the knees. It's, it's like the Council of Nicaea all over again, when St. Nicholas punched Arius and knocked out a tooth. Or the last of the Crusades when the Christians in the Balkans were slaughtered by Christians from a more European and Roman background. Or like the Spanish Inquisition all over again. We have Christians whom I know pray for the nation, the president, and even members of a political party to which they do not belong. I also know Christians who are praying for the death of someone whom they disagree with politically, who happens to either be a current occupant of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, or is someone who is hoping to aspire to sit in the Oval Office. Is this what the commands of God really beckon us to do? As Christians, what should we do? Do we really need to post one more Facebook or Twitter post or send out one more e-letter chain that demeans a person? Do we really need to share a lock them up or uh, they're fat and stupid or how about he's the orange man, the orange monster or he's stupid and has dementia and is too old all because we don't agree with them politically? At the heart of the law in Deuteronomy is this. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. I commend Deuteronomy 6 to each of you to read this week. Read it several times. But our Lord, when he was here on earth, answering the questions of the scribes and the Pharisees, he added to the command. He made it more strict than the law of Moses. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thy Archbishop, Archbishop Desmond Tutu has a phrase, and you will probably hear me use it from time to time, and that is, of each of us being a God-bearer. From our account of creation, we know that we are all made in the image of God. However, we are all also God-bearers, as God has given something of himself to all of us. And we reflect the image of God. And we also proclaim that as Christians, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And have formulated an entire theology about the body and the body's grace. And why we may or may not do certain things to our bodies as they serve as a temple. But... We are also souls, too. And those are also a gift. 
And it is through our souls that we bear our unique personalities. So, when we attack, let's say, the mayor of this city, not because of policy questions, but because we don't like the way she wears her hair, how are we showing deference to a fellow God-bearer? Or, when we denigrate the poor and scoff at them, how are we honoring God who is alive in them? Or, when we have Catholic or Baptist or Lutheran or name your denomination, when we have those people in our midst, but we can't stand them because they follow the Pope or they preach too long, which is probably what you're thinking about this sermon right about now, or, or whatever, and we work actively against them, then how are we building up the body of Christ? These ten words, the Torah as a whole, and the sacred gospels and traditions that we follow, show us how. Render to Caesar that which is Caesar's. How often must I forgive? Seventy times seven. Pray for those in authority over you that we may lead peaceful and quiet lives. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. If we are going to continue to be the Holy Church of God, especially when this election and pandemic are finished and are in the history books, then we must start now. Now. On the showing of the reconciling love of Jesus to everyone. Everyone. But, but, but they hurt me. Pray and demonstrate the love of God. But but the policies of the government, they're, they're leading to X, Y, and Z. Pray and demonstrate the love of God. But but those people of that race, they they don't understand, they don't care, they just they just don't get Pray and demonstrate the love of God. But, 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 these commandments are rooted in love. Love of God. Love of your neighbor. And even love of yourself. Just study them a little bit. Try to excel at just one this week. Some will be easy. I hope none of you are planning on committing murder anytime soon. But what about the other nine? If you love God, Strive for these and the rest of his commands. 
If you love God, be at peace with all of your neighbors. If you love God, be that light to enlighten the nations, especially during these anxious and troubled times. This is how we as Christians are sanctified, are set apart. It is our calling above all else to demonstrate that love. Love the Lord your God. Love your neighbor. Love your enemies. Be the one who shows the love of God. Amen.